Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have part two of Stephen Furtick's message about don't blow it. Here's Stephen. I was praying about this message. I said, God, I can't preach that. I don't want to make them feel bad. Their lives are already hard enough. And God told, told me, what, what, I, didn't, I didn't hear this out loud. It's just the impression I have, okay? So let's get that straight right now. But the impression that I got is if you don't ever make that connection, you will live in a continual state of frustration and wonder why am I doing so much and receiving so little? Why am I fishing all night and catching nothing? That's what happened to Peter, you know. Fished all night, caught nothing. But the moment he gave his boat to Jesus, his biggest problem was breaking nets. Because God is in charge of the harvest. There is a certain part of success and a certain part of life that you don't control. You can decide how much to plant, but without the cooperation of the elements, it will only grow to be so much. It takes a little while to learn this, that you can do everything in your human strength that you know to do to guarantee a happy life, but there is a certain dimension of life that is outside of your control. Touch your neighbor and say, don't blow it. Here are these people. It's been 20 years. I understand they come back from Babylon. They're really trying to get acclimated to being back in a place that has been so ravaged. They're settling into their towns, maybe two years, maybe five years. But it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years now, which is a significant number for me. Let me tell you why. Uh, this summer, I was going back and watching some of the sermons that inspired me to be a preacher. They're all on YouTube. And it's cool because I don't have to pay for them. I can bootleg them now. And I've long since lost the cassette tapes, but they're all online now. And so I was online watching some of my favorite preachers that were inspiring me as a boy. These were my heroes. I was watching them just to kind of get in touch with 16-year-old Stephen, who used to walk around the block with the Walkman, and I would preach with the preachers, and I would I would hold an imaginary microphone. I've said too much. Okay. And I was listening to them preach, and I was watching them on YouTube, and I thought, man, these guys looked so much older to me. <laughs> and then I did some math, and I realized that the guys that I used to watch when I was 16 were the age then, right, that I am now. You talk about a broken heart. You talk about a wake-up call because see, I still feel like I got all this time. You know, I still feel like we're just getting started. The church is just getting started. I mean, in, in my mind, this is still the IPO. But it was a wake-up call for me to realize that what they were to you then, you are to somebody now. In other words, you don't have any time to waste. Touch your other neighbor, say, don't blow it. You only got so much time. I know you keep telling yourself one day when, and we're going to get around to it, and I'm fixing to, but you might find yourself one day running out of strength. What is in your heart to do? You better do it now. 
Some of your neighbors say, do it now. Cock-a-doodle-doo. This is your wake-up call. That was 20 years ago, man. If we're going to build it, we got to build it now. But sometimes the devil will tell you you're being patient when really you are procrastinating. And if he can get you to mistake procrastination for patience, he can keep you locked out of the blessing that is on the other side of your obedience. Yes, it's a process. I mean, yes, it takes time, but really, 20 years? And after all, Haggai says, it looks like somehow you found time to build your own house. I'm so glad Pastor Mickey taught me that. He beat that into my head. He said, boy, you find time for what you want to do. He said that because I told him I didn't have time to do something he told me to do. He said, boy, you find time for what you want to do. You find time for what you want to do. You, you, you find passion and energy. If I could get some of you to apply the same energy to serving God that you apply to sin, we would turn every county in the United States of America. And it looked to them like progress, but the prophet Haggai says, wait a minute. Progress is more than just effort. Progress is effort in the right direction. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. He gets into a vivid description. This sounded so modern when I was reading it. I don't know if you had the same experience, because I thought about all the, the streams that we live in now and the feeds. And when he said you, you eat and are never full, and you scroll and are never entertained. He didn't say that, but that's what it made me think of. He said, you YouTube, and now you're over in cat videos, and you don't even know how you ended up. How did I, how, how did I get here on a Minecraft tutorial? I'm 37 years old. And then it, it gets kind of dramatic. I don't apologize for God's word. He said… When I saw that you were so busy with your own work, when I saw that you were so busy with your own interests, I didn't mind you building your own house. I didn't mind you driving a new car. I didn't mind you enjoying yourself on the weekend and telling your friend who's always trying to use you that you didn't have time to help them move. It was fine because they're always asking you and they're. they're but what I minded was, what I minded was that you lost your sense of what was really important. And so now God says, I, I had to take action. I had to frustrate your process to remind you of your priorities. You know how sometimes you'll be doing something that used to be fun for you, and it's not fun anymore, and you can't even explain why? Sometimes that's God sucking the fun out of something 
that is keeping you from your calling and purpose. It is getting frighteningly quiet on week one of Waymaker. Good news is, if I keep preaching like this, you will have plenty of seats for the rest of the four weeks of Waymaker. This is a space maker. That's what this sermon is. No, nobody said, I had to do something about it. I had to interrupt you in order to get your attention, because I brought you back from Babylon. I made a way for you, and I gave you an assignment to rebuild my temple. But you took what I gave you, and you spent it on yourself. And so here's what I had to do. Now watch this. You might not like this view of God. It's okay. God is not running for any office. He does not need your vote. I said he does not need your vote. He is not on any ticket. You expected much, verse 9, but see, it turned out to be little. This is the part. And what you brought home, I blew away. Well, that's not nice, <laughs> Heavenly Father. I thought your eye was on the sparrow. I thought you had the whole world in your hands. I thought you would give me this day my daily bread. I didn't know you would blow it away. Touch somebody say, don't blow it. What you brought home, I blew away. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would a good God cause something to leave your life? That was Pastor Stephen Furtick, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Stephen Furtick. Don't blow it, waymaker. And you can also find out more information about him at his website, stephenfurtick.com. I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless. 